The phone conversation between fantasy veterans Bob Harris and Matt Waldman is a quick and dirty rundown of players, units, or teams from Sunday's games. Feel it or fuck it is our instant verdict on the fantasy value of a player or situation, not the ability, effort, or character of the player. This is just how two old-timers in this industry talk when they got a lot of cover in a little time. Well, hello, Matt Waldman. How are you? I'm pretty good. How was your Thanksgiving? It was it was delightful. I made it through, got a lot of work done. I know you had a delightful time with friends and family. By the way, I'm Bob Harris. That's who's had a delightful time. Matt Waldman also. This is the Feel It or Fuck It podcast. We're going to do some feeling and fuck it today. Uh, and we're happy to have you on board as we do so. Uh, uh, week 12 in the books. Week 13 coming is time to start, you know, focusing. You know, we don't, it's a funny thing about this time of year, Matt, is like, the you know in our business there's fewer eyeballs on you this time of year because people start falling out of contention the eyeballs that are on you are way more interested because it means way more so it's an interesting time of the year and like we keep going hard the whole time because that's the only gear we have uh apparently bill belichick only has one gear and it's that. <laughs> just in my one gear. So, 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 like as I watched yesterday's games or caught the portions of it, uh, I my impression was that Bill Belichick was uh, doing a big bucket to all of you as he kept Mac Jones in there, despite the fact that Mac Jones had no business being in there. Until I saw Bailey Zappi go in there, and I realized the alternatives were not great for him uh, beyond the quarterback situation, which you know we can discuss. It. Like Bill Belichick is the Patriots coach in 2025. Are you feeling that? Um, that's the big question for me. That's the over under right now, because I think he stays this year. I think, I, I don't do. think he's going to be, they're going to try and find another quarterback. I think we'll see that. But I think if there's another disaster of a season, I think he could be out by the end of 2025. And I would say based on what the defense has, um, in terms of injuries, and right. what this offensive line has looked like. I think this team will be better next year and good enough that Belichick will get another grace year and he'll be back in 2025. I'm feeling it. How about you? I I feel that as well because the owner's not David Tepper. And uh, sorry, Frank Reich, we hardly knew you, sir. Um, but we should come to expect that from David Tepper. He's not well suited to being the owner of a football team. Uh, but How many uh, are <laughs> Over Robert, Kraft, Robert Kraft seems to be though, right? Yes. Like, I mean, you know, and you know, the, the Steelers' ownership. I mean, the the more measured approach is like you could tell Robert Kraft is not happy with the way things are going. He makes that perfectly clear. Also, you don't see a lot of knee jerk reactions, uh, you know, in the moment. So hopefully that will continue. I, I kind of agree with you. I think he gets you know another year to get it fixed. I heard Tom Brady's available. I don't know. Maybe not for maybe not for this particular job of quarterback in uh, New England, but I'm with you. I feel that as well. Are you feeling Brandon Cooks? Totally feeling Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has been wide receiver seven in PPR formats for I think since week around week eight, at least for the past four to five weeks. And when you watch him on tape, you're seeing, you know, what's really happened here is that Mike McCarthy's offense in Dallas, they use CD Lamb in the slot. And then they put Brandon Cooks probably a little bit more on the outside early on as a speedster. But really, what you wanted was Brandon Cooks in the slot because that's where he's been at his best throughout his career. And move C.D. Lamb around and let him be the versatile star that he is. Let him play outside more often. And since that's happened, now you're getting a, a real speedster playmaker in the slot who also understands how to work open 
with his quarterback and he runs savvy routes so you're not getting you're, you're kind of wasting Brandon Cooks a little bit on the outside because he's not a contested catch type of player to the degree that say Lamb is um, but man in the middle of the field it's fantastic and I think that since they've made the switch with their offense Brandon Cooks has looked every bit the player that Dallas hoped that they were going to get out of him and that's driven <clears throat> Dak Prescott's value skyward again Right, just uh, and I totally agree with you feeling them, and and like a lot of leagues, uh, I'm in a lot of leagues, so I draft a lot of players who I don't let go of when they don't underperform early because I got too much going on to just be looking around churning rosters in a lot of leagues. So I still have a lot of Brandon Cooks, and and thankfully I do. Uh, you know, I, there's a lot of players like that that take their time to develop. Just a quick thought here on the uh, Mike McCarthy scheme. Like I, I feel like you know he's kind of like looked down upon a little bit and. And, you know, maybe some of the residual from Green Bay, the stories upon his departure that he was more interested in his massages than his game plans, et cetera. Um, uh, but listening to Dak Prescott after Thursday's game say this is the most comfortable he's ever been in an offense, I think that's pretty telling. Yeah, I think it is too. And I think that sometimes we have to understand that when player, when coaches get second chances, there's probably some redeeming qualities about their skill sets right. that are worthwhile. And maybe those coaches learn something. Because it certainly seemed like, I know there are a lot of people who looked at Mike McCarthy and what he was doing in the off seasons, trying to get onto the Cowboys staff that they televised and filmed <laughs> and looked a lot of like grandstanding posturing, look at me kind of stuff to fill your get your resume built up a little bit. But I think that there, the amount of things he was doing was actual effort. You don't do that kind of stuff just to look good. You do that stuff because you're trying to learn. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm certainly... I, I'm certainly agreeing with you on that front. And with, you know, with Cooks, I mean, let's understand that, um, you know, you're right. He's one of those guys that most fantasy people probably got rid of after week four. Yeah, um, And then came to regret it. And the people who do have him are headed to the playoffs. Right. <laughs> so, so, uh, so you mentioned something, you know, the, you know, the I've been around a long time. You guys are going to be surprised out there. Listeners, I, I'm, I'm very old. And uh, nah, I know it's hard to tell. I, um, I don't see it. Uh, but what I've learned over the course of my lifetime is a thing about there's traps. Uh, and uh, Christian Watson, I feel like he might be a trap. <laughs> or at least Thursday's <laughs> game might be a trap. Christian Watson, feel him or fuck him. I'm still feeling him long term. And I'm actually feeling him lately because if you, you know, he's like wide receiver 66 right now in PPR. But if you actually look. Um, since week eight, I think he's wide receiver 22, and he's even with Romeo Dubs, pretty much. They're like one one ranking apart from each other, while Jaden Reed is wide receiver seven in PPR, our, a frequent guy that we talk about here. But, um, but with that in mind, Watson over really since he's been startable in three receiver leagues, um, really for the past eight weeks. Um, and when I look at that, the thing that's improved on film for me is that he's a little more consistent with how he uses his hands. He's used to, used to have lapses. I'm not talking like Quentin Johnston bad habits, but like just sometimes brain fart kind of things right. where you forget. <clears throat> and I think he's tightened that up. His route game still has a little ways to go, but they're using him more as the vertical threat. So he's a higher variance threat um, than the other two receivers on that roster who are starters. But I would say he and Jordan Love are really starting to connect and build something there. So if you're if you're if you're on a deeper receiver roster, three four receivers, 
I'm totally feeling Christian Watson. If you're looking at him as your number two wide receiver, yeah, fuck that. He's still yeah. high, too high variance. A little bit of a home run swing for me. Um, so uh, you mentioned uh, Jordan Love. Let's go back onto that roller coaster and see where we're at in the journey of Jordan Love. Are we feeling him, or are we starting to? Are we starting to feel him a little more? I mean, it, it's been like early on. We saw the touchdowns were what we're carrying him as a fantasy prospect right and the completion percentage was horrible or do we feel like he's making progress absolutely making progress i'm now beginning to feel him enough to say i'm optimistic about the potential to build around him in a dynasty format and definitely this was a guy that back in week four week five i said look if your team's just gone gone to shit that fast and you've you're in week five and you're like i've got to fix something trade away your top quarterback and roll with jordan love now, this was at a time that Jordan Love went through a slump between weeks four and seven, um, where he was like quarterback 22. But since that time, he's actually a top 10 quarterback um, in terms of points. And when you look at what he's doing better, well, you know, the Detroit game's really telling because the first Detroit game at Lambeau Field. The Lions blitzed him and played man-to-man, and he looked thoroughly confused after he played the Falcons and the and the Bears and just was able to look, you know, look a lot, you know, produce a lot better. This game against the Lions in Detroit, they played man and they they had pressure packages. The Lions off uh, the Packers offensive line picked up the pressure better, but Jordan Love, to his credit, also did a good job of. Um, really finding the open man and not being afraid to throw the ball into tighter windows and do so with good placement and accuracy. So I think that's real progress with him. Um, he's still going to be up and down for you, but overall, um, I think you can still ride him with the level of um, competition that he's going to face down the stretch. And I still think he's a pl- and I think he's a player you could take the chance on trying to build around in the dynasty league because I think you're going to get him late enough that it's a value. Yeah, I have some shares in Dynasty where I don't necessarily need to build around them, but, you know, depending on what I can, you know, maybe gives me a little more flexibility uh, with some of my other quarterbacks in those leagues if I if he comes on a little bit. So, so yeah, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling the same. Like, you know, I said this going in. I mean, it felt, felt like the, the Packers being a relatively responsible organization probably weren't letting Aaron Rodgers flee the scene without thinking – or putting up more of a fight without thinking they had something, right? And so, you know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but but they certainly thought that. And I feel like they're a pretty competent organization for the most part. Uh, so I gave them a little bit of a, a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a pass there and thinking, okay, let's see what happens. I, I feel like we're seeing it. And and something else that you know Ryan Guttenkunst said, you know, as they went into the season, is you know they surrounded him with young receivers because they wanted him to them to grow together. That to me suggested they think this is not like a you know if fortunately david tepper does not run that organization no. <laughs> everybody would be gone but but this is like a this is a project for them so i'm with you on this one uh so <clears throat> last week you know we we heard after the game Najee harris and pittsburgh uh speak at length about his dissatisfaction with the offense so much so that the media people were oh, okay time to go Najee. no it's not <laughs> i mean it was one of those like awkward kind of things and and then uh, there was the coordinator change, a rare change for the Pittsburgh Steelers. First time an in-season coaching change since like 1941 or something. Um, so, uh, so, and I thought it was interesting that I didn't hear a word out of Najee Harris. Declined interview requests. Nobody was talking about him. He wasn't talking. Other players were. He went eerily silent. 
And I thought, oh, is he in trouble? Is there something going on here? Uh, then he comes out, and apparently he was just bottling up a bunch of aggression because he came out running angry, I thought, in this game, first game with the new coordinators. I thought he looked really good. Uh, Najee Harris, feel him or fuck him the rest of the season. Totally feeling him. And I and I'm I still think he's a dented can prospect that you can take advantage of and get at value because everybody's still hot and bothered about Jalen Warren, yep. who certainly played well and they split time. They did, but Equal. but Harris ain't going anywhere. And I think that this team is gonna figure out better ways to maximize what Harris does best. And Harris has more ceiling than Jalen Warren. I'm you know, I feel that way. I don't think Jalen Warren is the next Maurice Jones Drew, but I do think Najee Harris has the potential to be the next top Steelers back and with Harris with Warren is kind of a really productive compliment well I know MJD and I can tell you he doesn't think anybody is the next MJD so some authority (laughs) well you know I mean look when you're that short you got to have confidence that's the way I look at it you know I've always liked it I'll say this about MJD if if MJD played in this era in in this era with spread offenses he would have been one of the, he might have been the best back of this era. I mean, he was he would have been up there with McCaffrey, if you ask he, me. He's he's a good dude. Yeah. Uh, Devin Singletary with and I'm with you. I feel Najee Harris. I like. Look, we're gonna have to get used to this. Fantasy managers, backfields are not owned by a single person anymore. Although Devin Singletary still comes close to sole ownership of the Texans backfield, or at least he did this week. Davey Pierce's first game back. I talked to Aaron Wilson, a little, you know, longtime local observer there the night before the game, and he kind of predicted it's going to be maybe eight touches, right? <laughs> he was, yeah. he, he ended up being pretty close behind Singletary. Now, that could change. Bobby Sloak, we heard the offensive coordinator say they want it to be a timeshare going forward. Uh, but Devin Singletary with Pierce back, do you feel him as a regular starting commodity in fantasy? This year, absolutely, because it's going to take a little bit of time, a couple of weeks probably for Pierce to come all the way back. And Singletary's been playing well. So and I think that I think that um offensive coaches, especially with running backs, because we know they don't always understand what makes a good running back, they they play this hot hand approach, which basically basically tells you right there, if you play hot hand, you don't right. understand running backs. Okay. And it's not <laughs> game because, of momentum. Yeah. It's it's mainly because you don't understand the why behind what they do well and what they don't. And some right. backs do need momentum you know need that momentum or that ability to kind of get warmed up mentally to get into the flow of the game but Singletary is one of those players that as long as he continues playing well they don't want to drop that because he's moving the chains for them and he's a good receiver so you know he and Pierce to me I think Pierce still has a little bit more upside but we're not going to see that this year it's going to be a split I concur. We had us a Jeff Wilson Jr. sighting on Black Friday. So if you watched the game, you saw between the the Amazon commercials, they did have like kind of a game. Uh, You know, if you weren't busy uh, flashing your phone at the uh, QR codes blaring at you the entire time. Way to go, Amazon. I really enjoyed that. Um, Feeling that, Amazon. Bad. Feeling it. Uh, So uh, so, uh, Jeff Wilson, I guess, you know, like there was no Devon A. Chan. He had a good game, right? And I mean, I don't know if anybody's been hanging on to him or if they were counting on him or if they picked him up, hoping that he would have a little bit of a role going forward. Um, I feel like this is totally Devon A. Chan uh, dependent. What do you feel? Or just fuck it. I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, I've been one of those lone guys that in, in deeper leagues that have been holding on Me to too. Jeff Wilson, you know, just because it's like, you we know, know he's good. He's good. <laughs> right. It's a good offense. <laughs> 
if they give him the opportunity. And I think that they finally got the memo this week without HN HN coming back. They were like, you know, we gotta we gotta start handing the ball off to Waddle and handing the ball off to to Hill and use them in the HN role. And then they can we can split Mostert and Wilson because we don't want to run Mostert down. We don't want him to get hurt when we get into the playoffs here. We want to be able to have a good running game. And I think what what we've seen with Wilson is just a dependable, reliable back who who understands how to run between yep. the tackles well. So you want to hold on to that at, at the end of your rosters if you can afford it. Yep, Salvan Ahmed on IR as well, so that kind of clears up a little little bandwidth there because sometimes they use three guys and you never know and you get through we got a week three week 13 we got six teams on by well the giants are on by too so five oh, teams okay. in, in, uh, <laughs> that was harsh. apologies giants fans i didn't mean that um this is the feel it or fuck it podcast we feel things we go with our feelings here you know this kind of thing Bijan robinson uh, you know i think this is the t- there's time for feelings and there's time for not feelings right so Bijan Robinson comes into this week, and everyone last week, well, finally, they're doing what we want with Bijan Robinson. Is Bijan Robinson's season like perceived to be not successful based solely on the expectations of fantasy managers who invested a first round pick in him? And if you did invest, let's say you paid Jameer Gibbs freight for him. Victory lap, victory lap, victory lap. Um, let's say you paid like a, a more reasonable price for him. Would this not be a wildly successful season for Bijan Robinson? I would think it's a wildly successful season for him. But like you, I projected B. John Robinson as a high-end running back two, low-end running back one, which is likely where he's going to finish. Yep. Um, it's where he's been. You know, so, and especially, you know, he's going to have a great run for you at the end of the year. I think yep. that's what's building up because um, I think the Falcons brass got tired of Arthur Smith and just Jobs decided to say, yep, dude, do what they say. You know, stop telling everybody you know better because – you oh, know. and also, when you give him the ball more, it looks really great, and maybe you look really great. Yeah, maybe so. So, you know, yeah, Robinson, I think, uh, you know, Robinson remains a top dynasty pick. He's certainly a redraft player that, you, you know, the people who are complaining about that, you were trying to be ahead of the game, and you didn't play. You played too risky. And so if you're mad, be mad at your risk and, and accept it and and live with it but don't be mad at you know don't 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 sit there and say Bijan robinson's season was a failure you know right. your your projections were a failure that's yep. you know how i would put it and arthur smith everyone knows he's a failure too damn you arthur smith okay i feel like i don't really mean that but i feel like everyone wants to hear it uh so <laughs> giants wide receiver the rookie jalen hyatt he's very fast he made some plays is this totally uh Tommy DeVito related, or is there something more to this Jalen Hyatt character? I, you know, we've talked about him before. This is a guy that I'd say feeling him, but but fuck the situation because you just don't know what's up. But, you know, listen, um, DeVito has been able to get him, was able to get him the ball. So let's, I would roll with him week to week at this stage if you're desperate for a wide receiver play because. He's a you know high variance player who's capable of big plays, and he's by far the best talent at wide receiver on that team. If you ask me, I say a Hodgins slander just flies out of you like you just like 
like you don't like me even okay well, well you know uh, you know how i am i don't like slow players you know you know speed is speeds the cleavage of, of you know nfl owners as i often say but uh but Fair. in this case jalen hyatt's worth it even even if the speed is the the big attractive element so this is the 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 famous spider-man meme where the two spider-mans are pointing at each other uh, is that Royce Freeman before and after uh, Kyron Moore Williams' return? Um, it's it's kind of funny because I think he thought he was the odd man out in this right. equation when <laughs> Kyron Williams would come back, and now it looks like he's. He, I you know for me this I'll take a little victory rap. I thought he'd be the Malcolm Brown role, the C.J. Anderson Malcolm Brown role to the lead back, and that's what it's shaping up to be. So he still may be he and Samaje Pirine. Um, you know, he they may have that nice little role there where you can Zach Moss, you can count on them as desperation starters if you need them in that running back two position. I would what, I'm feeling it. What about Michael Carter, the newly minted Arizona Cardinal who dominated the fourth quarter? It was a blowout. I have questions that is is that really a thing or not? Where are you at on that? Yeah, I'm feeling him as a long term guy. Um, because we know he's talented. He's kind of a Giovanni yeah. Bernard type of player who just wound up in a shitty Jets organization, whole you know mess in terms of what they're trying to do. And they did him a solid to let him go. And I think that you're going to see him probably have a nice even split with James Conner next year if Conner's still in the building. Remember, hugely successful at North Carolina with Javante Williams in a timeshare, a pair of 1,000-yard rushers there. So yeah. he's he knows how that works. I'm feeling that as well. Cedric Tillman got a lot of snaps against the Denver Broncos. I think the most snaps of any wide receiver on the team. Amari Cooper got beat up a little bit. Are you feeling Cedric Tillman? Yeah, I am because I think that he and um, Dorian Thompson Robinson, who you know, I, what had a concussion, I think. Yeah. You know, he they have a little bit of a rapport. I would expect DTR to be back within a couple of weeks. So uh, Tillman to me is the guy that I think the Browns want to see get snaps so that he gets a feel for the game heading into the off season. And you could see the the drumbeat of the talent that he had. Um, at Tennessee during the preseason. He's a decent route runner who can become, I think at some point, could succeed Amari Cooper in that Cooper-esque role. I think right now, though, he's perfectly cast succeeding um, Donovan Peoples-Jones as more of a, um, you know, the number two in this offense, and I think that's going to continue to build. I feel like I concur with you, so fuck that. I hate the concurrence, man. We need to argue more. That's what the people love. Uh, more of your slander on Isaiah Hodgins is what they're after. Um, Samaji, a better Samaji. player than that. I mean, we got to uh, slander somebody better than Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, Samaji Piran, you mentioned him. Uh, and, you know, like, I, so I feel him as the guy who is ruining my Jaleel McLaughlin shares right now. Yeah. Um, like, not a ton of workload. He got the touchdown. Uh, Javante Williams has been getting the workload, right? So I'm yeah. feeling Javante Williams. I feel like this is a, a little bit of a spike game. But I did have Samaje Pirine in some DFS tournament lineups based on the previous week, just the playing time and the fortuitous opportunities. Seems like he's getting more goal line looks. How do you feel about Samaje Pirine going? Yeah, I'm feeling regret that when the, when Jaleel McLaughlin started to play well that I dropped my one Pirine share in a league that I, I could use a running back. Um, for McLaughlin, and it hasn't worked out very well. Um, 
Piran's a good player. I mean, you know, he's got that Pierre Thomas type of role for Sean Payton's offense, which is the between the tackles player who can also catch the ball out of the backfield. And pass block. And pass block. So he's kind of, you know, he and Gus Edwards are like fun backs. The, the, I enjoy them because they're slow and everybody gets mad at them being slow, but they just run over people with the inevitability. Oh, so I, I say Hodges can't be slow, but these guys can't. I get it. I see how it is. Yeah, that, that's exactly. Well, if, if Isaiah Hodgins could run over people, then we'd be okay with that. But they don't allow that with wide receivers at the catch point. Yeah, so, but, you know, that's okay. Yeah, I'm feeling some Ajay P. Ryan. I think that's he's, he's a player, again, end of the roster guy. You take a look at him and Carter, um, Tillman, you, you know, the Hyatt. These are Jeff Wilson. These are all options we're trying to tell you if you if you need one or two of them. These are some of the candidates that you're looking at. If you're in a pinch, people. What about Hunter Renfro? Is he one of those people? No, fuck that yet. Sadly, you know, player I like very much, you know, but uh, but just because he got four targets for thirty something yards, I mean, that could be the start of something. But let's not go overboard yet. He's probably going to be around for another three weeks before you have to actually pick him up. There is a narrow band of players you can play in Las Vegas, and he is not one of those. He is not in that narrow band. He's outside <laughs> of that. Uh, so apparently, is Leonard Fournette, who can't seem to get past Ty Johnson in Buffalo to make it to the uh, active roster. Uh, feeling or fucking Leonard Fournette? Oh, active roster? Well, we're still saying fuck that. But I would still feel the idea of monitoring him because he, I just you almost get this sense they're like, all right, let's get into the playoffs. If we can get ourselves into the playoffs and everyone's tired, let's get the sledgehammer out. And he's going to be playing a little faster than everybody else too. He can catch out of the backfield. I would be, if you're playing playoff fantasy football, I am totally feeling the idea of Leonard Fournette in theory. That's about I it, would, though. I would like to see a photograph of Leonard Fournette to see what kind of condition he's in. Maybe they're working him way, his way back. I mean, we didn't see, you know, usually with players out there who are trying to find jobs, you see their workout videos and their uh, sweaty, shirtless selves uh, going through all kinds of workouts. I don't know. I kind of looked. I never saw that at Leonard Fournette. So, are you telling you know, me that he's been eating fried turkey down in Louisiana? It's like possible every day. Would, it's possible. It, it's entirely possible. So, would like okay. to see a little more. But, may you know, look, he's been with the team still. You know, they haven't turned loose. I kind of agree with you. This is like something kind of a long play for them. They're gonna, but they got to make the playoffs first. So, yeah, and that's <laughs> that may be a little more difficult than than they realized. <clears throat> at, you know, three or four weeks ago. But, uh, all right, yeah. there we have it. That's all. That's all we're feeling or fucking today. Uh, go feel Matt Waldman on the X device at, at Matt Waldman. I'm uh, at Football Die Hard, and there's all kinds of other stuff you'll find yeah, in hey, our timelines. Yeah, rookie scouting portfolio, early bird sales. Early drops, bird sales. Drops this week. I will I like to folks. wait because I want to play full pay full price well i appreciate that and if you all you crazies out there who want to do that i appreciate that too but, but you get wanna, in there early you want to give me a little cash flow or you it's the first time you want to try it um you get a, you get a discount and you'll go the thing's already on a discount why am i even paying less for this after you see it that's generally what the thought is but you can find that at mountwaldman.com <laughs> probably on thursday paying full price is still the best value uh out there i mean honestly it's there's nothing like it it's it is a tome and when I say Toma, all that engenders in your mind, thick and full and robust and all those things. It's fantastic. I love it. I love Matt Waldman. I'm going to go away now. Goodbye. Love you too.